Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we are at the end. This is, this is the finale. Uh, this is the last Sunday of the year in the church calendar. Um, next Sunday begins a whole new year. Next Sunday begins Advent. Uh, can you believe it? Advent is already here. Uh, and so we need to wrap things up in the series that uh, we began uh, when I first got here a couple months ago. Uh, we've been talking about discipleship for mm, 11 weeks now, I think. Uh, this is week number 11 of this series, and it's uh, time to wrap up our talking about what it is to be a disciple. And we've talked about a lot of things over the last few weeks um, about what it is to be a disciple. We, we've talked about how we follow Jesus, how we are called to imitate Jesus. We've talked about how we're called to do that together as a group of people and how we're called to do that on purpose, that that, that is not an accidental thing, but it's something that we, we give ourselves and devote ourselves over to. Uh, we've talked uh, about how we're called to uh, be a people who commune with God in prayer, that we're to be a people who abide in God, uh, that we, we find ourselves uh, resting in God and attached to God by his word um, and by uh, his son Jesus. We've talked about um, being kingdom-minded people, that we're kingdom citizens first. We've talked about remembering uh, constantly in our discipleship who we are, where we came from, how we're formed by Jesus and empowered by his Holy Spirit. We talked about all of those things. And then last week we began talking about making more disciples because we're not just disciples, we're disciples who make disciples, right? Uh, we don't just exist um, with Jesus. That is a wonderful thing that we get to do. We, we get to uh, be with Jesus, we get to follow Jesus, we get to imitate Jesus, but we also get to share Jesus. And this is how the church has progressed through 2,000 years, is by disciples who believe in Jesus, living with Jesus, and sharing Jesus with other people. And we're called to that too. We began to take a look at that last week, and we'll wrap that up this week. And, and uh, the passage that we looked at last week is worth revisiting today. It's Jesus' final command to his 11 apostles in the Gospel of Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 18 through 20, and it uh, reads like this. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Disciples making disciples under the authority of Jesus, right? That's how he begins the passage. All authority has been given to me, therefore go. Because uh, uh, Jesus is Lord, because we have acknowledged him as Lord, uh, because he has conquered sin and death and is seated at the right hand of God, uh, because he is the risen one, the firstborn from among the dead, because he is uh, the agent of creation, because he he pre-existed the world. Because of all of those reasons, we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. And so he says to us, go, and we say, yes, Lord. Go make disciples. That is part of being a disciple. It's not optional. It's not if we want to. It's not if we have the time. We're called to go make disciples. 
How we make disciples is um, a, a little bit up to us. To engage people in Jesus through our lives is a unique thing to each one of us. And, and so there are as many ways to make disciples as there are people uh, who are out there making disciples. But there are a couple of ingredients in making disciples that Jesus gives us in this passage. Two things that he tells us are part of that discipleship-making Process. These are not the only two things involved in making a disciple, but Jesus wants us to know that these two things matter. And the first we talked about last week is baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or we said last week, helping people to find their identity in Christ. As we are going to make disciples, one of the things we're doing is helping people to find their identity in Christ. The second thing we want to talk about this week and it's teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Teaching people. That sounds cool. I like to teach people. That, that sounds like fun. Teach people to obey? Uh, maybe not as much fun, Jesus, but okay. Uh, teach them to obey everything? Well, hang on now, Jesus. This is getting harder and harder the farther this sentence goes on, right? Teach them to obey everything. How do we do that? And why is Jesus so concerned that making disciples includes teaching people to obey? Well, the why is easier to answer than the how. Um, why is Jesus so concerned with teaching people to obey? Well, Honestly, it's because you can't follow Jesus without following Jesus, right? Like, we cannot call ourselves disciples. We cannot say that we are walking with Jesus. We aren't actually walking with Jesus. You, cannot, you can't walk in the parade if you're not actually on the parade route, right, with everybody else. You can't be in the race if you're not actually lapping the track, Right? You cannot call yourself a disciple if you're not actually following Jesus. And this is why he tells us to teach people to obey. What he's actually telling us to do is help them learn how to follow. Right? Help them learn the steps. Help them learn how to walk. We have uh, committed ourselves to following Jesus. Right? We we're learning from him. We're mimicking him. We want to know what he knows so that we can do what he does to be as much like Jesus as possible, right, Marty? And so we want other people to do that too. And that's just not going to happen by accident. People don't just wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to be like Jesus today. It happens intentionally. I have to be taught. Well, I had to be taught. Somebody, several somebodies, multiple somebodies, invested in my life to teach me along the way, my parents, my grandparents, my Sunday school teachers, my ministers, uh, my professors, my, my friends, my mentors. I had a huge amount of people that taught me little by little throughout my life to be more like Jesus and to walk closer with Jesus. And, and people are still doing that. It's an, it's an ongoing, lifelong thing to learn to become like Jesus. And it's also a lifelong, ongoing thing to teach other people to become 
like Jesus. We can't follow Jesus without actually following Jesus. And so we are called to teach people to obey everything that he has commanded. i got to pause right here for a second because on the very first week of this series, I said these words. Following Jesus is not the same as following commands. And that's still true. I still believe that. Following Jesus is not the same as following commands. I meant that. I still mean that. But obedience to Jesus is a part of following Jesus. Following Jesus and following commands are not the same thing, but you cannot follow Jesus without obedience. It is a crucial part of what it means to walk with Jesus throughout our lives. And we cannot claim to follow Jesus and just do whatever we want and say that that's following Jesus. Jesus has a very, very particular kind of life that he has called his followers to, right? And and he's commanded us to walk in his way and to teach other people to walk in his way as well. And so obedience is a part of following Jesus and a part of making disciples, teaching people to obey. That obedience is born out of our identity in Christ. There's a reason, I think, that Jesus gives us these two pieces of his command in the order that he does. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey. I think he gives us those two things in that particular order on purpose. And I've met a lot of people who think it's the other way around. I've met a lot of people throughout my life and and, and in my ministry who think that they have to be good, that is, follow the commands of Jesus to some degree of perfection in their minds, in order to identify with Jesus, in order to be saved, in order to be baptized, in order to to call themselves a Christian. That makes me very, very sad every time I hear that. That's backwards. We, We don't make ourselves good enough to identify with Jesus. We identify with Jesus, and then we learn how to follow. Right? It happens in a particular order for a particular reason, because obedience is born out of a relationship. It's born out of this identity that we have. Baptism brings us into relationship with Jesus, helps us to form our identity in Jesus. And out of that, we begin to learn to obey. We don't obey if we don't have relationship. There are people in our lives that that we have had to obey from time to time. Parents, teachers, coaches, others. And often we do that out of some form of relationship. And if you've had bad or broken relationships with those people, you know how difficult it is to obey without relationship. But when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, when we have identified ourselves with him, when we understand the depth of his love for us, his care for us, his passion for us, and his saving grace and mercy for us, when we begin to form our identity around those things, then we naturally fall into a place where we understand, oh, the things that he's calling me to do are the things that move me deeper into 
relationship with him. They moved me closer to God. They moved me closer to being who I was created to be, to living out God's image in my life. Now I have a desire and reason to obey. We don't call people to obey just because they have to obey. We call people to obey because obedience is born out of identity. Jesus believes that obedience to his commands is born out of a relationship with him. I want to show you um, what he says in John chapter 14. Um, In John chapter 14, verses 18 through 23, Jesus is speaking again to his disciples, and and, um, this is just before his death, um, and uh, he says this. He says, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. Relationship language. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Relationship language. Because I live, you also will live. Relationship language, right? On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Relationship language. We identify with Jesus. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, uh, not Iscariot, <laughs> I love that the Bible wants us to know that, uh, not, not Iscariot, not that guy. Um, the other Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, those who love me will keep my word. And my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Did you see how tightly relationship language and keeping Jesus' commands are tied together by Christ in this passage? They they almost cannot be separated from each other. If you are in relationship with Jesus, you will keep his word. You will obey his commands. And those who obey his commands and keep his word, they have a deepening relationship with Jesus and with his Father. These two things are tied together intrinsically and intimately. They cannot be separated. You cannot say, I have a deep and abiding relationship with Jesus and not hold to his word and his commands. Likewise, you can't hold to his words and commands without it affecting your relationship with him and deepening that in some way. We keep Jesus' commands because we recognize his love for us and as an act of love back toward him. This is why, by the way, that that we do not and cannot expect those who aren't Christians, who aren't Jesus followers, to behave as if they were. We cannot force Christian behavior on people who do not have a relationship with Jesus. It doesn't work. You can't force that. You can't legislate that. You can't bully that. You can't shame people into that. It only happens in relationship born out of a new identity. And so if you want to teach people to obey everything that Jesus has commanded, if you want to make disciples in this way, it begins with helping people identify with Jesus Christ because disobedience is born out of relationship. You cannot force that. But you can model it. You can demonstrate it. Obedience has to be Model. So Jesus says, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and, and you might as well put the word model where the word teach is there. You might as well 
hear Jesus say to us, you have to model what this looks like for other people. If you were here uh, a few Sundays ago when Marty preached, uh, he told us uh, about the, the, the core language that, that impacts uses of pursue, model, and teach and, and how they see that working out. And I really appreciated uh, you sharing that language with us, Marty, because we have to model obedience in front of other people. We must model if we're going to teach people to obey. Too often, the church um, is very, very guilty of the classic do as I say, not as I do kind of uh, way of living, right? Oh, yes, you follow Jesus. I'm going to do this other thing over here and call it following Jesus. And, and, and there's a reason why the world around us is like, mm, I'm not so sure that I, I want to follow Jesus. Why? Because the world doesn't see us following Jesus with our lives. We haven't modeled that in a, a particular and peculiar and upfront and straightforward and consistent way to the world around us. Obedience has to be modeled. Uh, Paul uh, says to, to, to the people he writes to, follow me as I follow Christ, Right? which I used to read and, and, and go like, wow, there is no humility in that guy whatsoever, right? Like, that's the most, that's the most bold uppity statement. Follow me, because I know how to follow Christ. Well, maybe not perfectly, but I'm trying. I, I read Paul now with a little more humility and, and go, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to follow Christ, and somebody is taking their cue on that from me, and I need to be aware of that. Listen, I, I don't know if you know this, um, but there is always, 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 somebody watching you to see how you live, to see how you handle life, to see what you do, and to see what you do as a Jesus follower. You are always somebody's example. Somebody is trying to get closer to Christ by watching what you do and imitating that. Isn't that a scary thought? <laughs> like, even as I said that to myself, I was like, oh, because I know the things that I do, right? And I'm like, oh, you're not going to get closer to Christ doing that. Um, but we need to keep that in our minds, right? We need, to, we need to know this. We need to let this sink down into our hearts and our souls and go, yeah, someone is trying to get closer to Christ by following what I do, by mimicking me. Wow, that's a heavy responsibility, Right? I need to take that seriously. I need to model to the best of my ability, and I'm going to get it wrong, and you're going to get it wrong, and we're going to get it wrong, but to the best of our ability, we need to model what it looks like to follow Christ. Maybe the person watching you is, is your children or your little siblings or the people that you work with, the people you go to school with, your students, whatever it is. Somebody is watching. Somebody is always watching how you follow Christ to try to learn how to follow Christ. And Jesus understands this. That's why he says, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Isn't that a weird turn of phrase? Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Right? If, 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 that, if I were going to write that sentence, it would be teach them to obey everything I have commanded them. Right? That, that agrees. Uh, teach them to obey everything I've commanded them. But no, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. 
Jesus understands and wants us to understand that we are the model for other people to learn how to follow Jesus. You cannot teach somebody what you do not know. You cannot help somebody to walk where you have not walked. You cannot help somebody to live in a way that you are not living. Can't be done. And so we need to live out Jesus' commands ourselves, including uh, and primarily that greatest command of Jesus, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And really, this is, this is the goal, and this is the heart, I think, of what Jesus is telling his apostles and telling us at the end of Matthew, is to teach people to obey everything I've commanded you will include and ultimately center teaching them love, to teach people to love in the way that Jesus does. Obedience leads us toward a life centered on love. We already saw that in John. In John 14, Jesus used that language of love to talk about relationship and obedience. Let's go back to John again real quick, this time to chapter 15, next chapter over. A part of this Marty shared with us a couple of weeks ago, but I want to read a little farther. John chapter 15, verses 9 through 12. Jesus speaks again in the garden on his last night and says this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And this is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. I, I love this, and I'm blown away every time I read it. Teach people to keep my commandments. Okay, Jesus, what are all your commandments? Give them to me. I'm ready. I'll write them all down. Okay, you ready? Here it is. Here are my commandments. Love people. Yes, and what else? No, no, that's all. That's, that's the commandment right there. Love people. Love people as I have loved you. That's of all of the things Jesus could have said in this moment in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before his crucifixion, as he has his disciples' whole attention, as he tells them, I'm leaving, I'm going away, you won't see me for a while, I'm going to die, uh, but don't worry, uh, you can remain with me if you love me and keep my commandments. And they're like, great, tell us how to do that, tell us what the commandments are. Love. Just love. Love is his command. The Apostle Paul knows this and sums it up for us this way in the book of Romans. In Romans 13, verses 9 and 10, Paul writes this, The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment. Paul doesn't even bother to read them all. And all of the other ones. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Obedience will always lead us toward loving people. And listen, if if obeying Jesus doesn't lead you to be more loving, 
You're not actually obeying Jesus. You're obeying some made-up version of Jesus. Obedience to Jesus doesn't lead us to love. It's really not of Jesus. We're making disciples by teaching people to love the way that Jesus did. And that will only happen if we love the way that Jesus did. Right? If we will do no wrong to our neighbor, do no harm to other people, if we will help to heal, help to bless, forgive, feed, serve, encourage, offer hope, offer welcome, offer hospitality. If we will love like Jesus, if we will love like Jesus, we will be able to teach other people to obey Jesus and learn to love like him too. So how will you go about making disciples? That's really up to you. There are so many ways to begin introducing people to Jesus, and, and you will have ideas that, that I will never come up with for how to do that. In your own unique, God-shaped, God-given ways, you have the ability to begin to introduce people to Jesus. But as you do, as you go into the world, as you go making disciples, remember to go with intentionality to help people find their identity in Christ and to obey Jesus' command to model his love in the world and teach others to do the same. As you go and make disciples, make sure that those two things, helping people find their identity in Jesus and helping them obey his command to love because you've modeled it for them, make sure those two things are at the heart of your journey of making disciples. We, as many of us who have named Jesus as Lord, are his disciples, and we are to be disciples who make disciples. Discipleship born out of a new identity will move us to follow and to know Jesus, to be like him and to do what he does, and will also move us to make more disciples, helping others to find their identity in him and modeling his command to love all people in the world around us. And imagine for a minute, just put your imagination caps on just for a second. And imagine with me if the church were known for this instead of the things the church has become known for. Imagine if we were known for finding people, helping people find their identity in Christ, for loving them in such a way that they would learn to love others. Imagine if the church were known for this. We can be. I believe we absolutely can be. And that will start with each one of us. Find your identity in Christ. Follow him as a disciple. Obey his command to love. And help other people do the same. Let's pray. Father, we thank you um, for your word to us, for the command of Jesus that he gives us to go and make more disciples. And we thank you for the promise that he attaches that command, that as we do so, he is with us even to the very end of the age. We are not in this alone. Father, help us, each one of us, to find our identity in Christ. Help us as a church to find our identity in Christ. And help us to help others find their identity in Christ. Father, help us to obey your command to love our neighbors 
Help us to model that in our lives and not just with our words so that we may teach others to love you and to love their neighbors as well. We ask for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, we want to